0: Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C., Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Right. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode 27. <laughs> I still really got it wrong, even though I just checked. That's ridiculous. Um, hello, Ed.
1: Hello, hello. We definitely need to fire you from doing the intro, someone
0: else needs to do it. <laughs> I, that, that brings me back to the first ever episode where I had about 16 attempts. Couldn't say no nonsense nutrition. No, non, non, Non-nonsense, <laughs> although I won't remind you of your faux pas website address. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into that. We
1: won't. So, um, oh, we was, thought... As Colton said, more money than sense. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true <laughs> yeah. after yesterday. Um
0: Cool. Let's, uh, we'll say, actually, no, let's. So, what have, we, what have we been up to this weekend, mate? Well, let's just, we'll start on that because I think that'd be quite, I was going to save it for another week, but I think we'll we'll just get a little tiny detail away because I well, think it will be useful.
1: I've annoyingly been spending time with you and with Johnny and with Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been at the Mac Nutrition graduation thing. Uh, and then also, there was a day seminar with Alan Aragon, who's like, uh, I suppose, one of the, World's most famous nutritionists. If there's a decent paper on nutrition, uh his name's probably on it. Um and anybody who knows anything about nutrition's heard of him. So uh we were getting him very, very drunk last night. <laughs> um yeah. yeah. Um so, so yeah, we've just been hanging out with with lots of cool people really. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. um it's probably a nice little uh link there in terms of we've got a guest today. So uh, is it Johnny, is it Landell's or Landell's? It's Landel's, yeah. Landel's. Oh, I didn't want to butcher it. I thought, oh, I better ask because I'm going to get it wrong. No, you did well. So, But, Johnny, you were also there yesterday, although you didn't make the drunk part. I didn't make the
2: drunk part, no. I was drunk, but in a different city. <laughs> so I, I I had my uh, like work Christmas do last night, which was also the gym's Christmas due. So we had like 100 members there as well. So I was at the conference and then drove back at the end straight to Leeds. You said it was Larry, right? It, it was fairly messy yeah um as these things go like CrossFitters actually like to drink a lot so but it's good it was good fun yeah it was, it was good
0: so yeah i mean that's probably worth so start with that so let's find out a bit about you so talk about you obviously you mentioned the uh they said phrase but sport crossfit so crossfit yeah that, that might yeah. Give, some, give some tips to the listeners what we're what we maybe talk about today yeah so we're gonna we're gonna delve into crossfit and its
2: nutritional like history and recommendations right so i'm um a crossfit coach and athlete so athlete wise i compete mainly just in uk competitions and only just now sort of getting into a realm of doing some stuff in like europe um but nowhere near the like major competitive stage of heading towards like the crossfit games and this will make much more sense for people that know about crossfit so that's like the main massive stage but amateur competitions there's loads in the uk some at like a reasonably high level i'm kind of at that sort of stage um i've been coaching crossfit since 2012 and then through my own sort of like learnings in nutrition from having a nutrition coach I was like there's not a lot of people in this space providing good nutrition content um so I created a company called Next Step Nutrition um been working on that basically side by side CrossFit coaching the last year like 12 14 months um but as of in 2 weeks I'm stopping CrossFit coaching as a whole and just solely focusing on uh, Next Step Nutrition so I'll be doing just sort of nutritional coaching and programming for crossfit athletes as well so i like pair that in with the nutritional side so i'll be going full-time with that in the in the new year
0: cool it's really cool
1: yeah
0: do you um will that just be kind of nutrition solely focused on crossfit athletes or do you have a wider kind of client base I,
2: i have quite a wide client base really like i do have a few crossfit athletes and they get in contact with me because of my own uh like athletic stuff within the crossfit space so they'll see my instagram or whatever or see me in a competition see that i do nutrition and yeah. works that way but a lot of my clients are from gyms that i've coached at or from people who are mates with people who i've coached and you know so they just turn into general population people that do crossfit for an hour a day but don't compete in it or whatever yeah. so i do have quite a mix at the minute
1: actually
0: oh, cool. that's cool
1: i think um the, the only kind of like uh, exposure i suppose i've had to crossfit is watching i've pretty much watched all the crossfit documentaries on netflix uh yeah. it makes quite good background tv um yeah. yeah and like those guys are crazy like just they are screw loose next level mental <laughs> uh, yep. but they are yeah. just yeah monsters as well and the whales the girls are like bigger and more athletic and stronger than most men. Oh uh, yeah.
2: We there was a I used to work at um a gym called CrossFit Thames in London and so in my in my time there in 3 years uh, you know there were people like Annie Thoras' daughter who's won the games twice, Catherine Davis daughter who's won the games twice. Even like Brooke Wells, who's been at the games like two or three times now, they've all been there at separate occasions to train. And like it was it was just last year that Brooke Wells was there um, because she was over here with like her supplement, uh, not a supplement, with a sponsorship company. Um, and she was training in the gym and was just like cleaning more than like every guy in the gym apart you know like it was it wasn't toward my top end but it was like still her top end still was good. like my middle yeah. ground like i was just like nothing to yell and yeah it's just ridiculous for the, for
1: the listeners we're not on about like mop and bucket cleaning we're on about an olympic it. left here yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah she's loads of cleaning it was really weird <laughs> so like
2: yeah like pull it, it's not lazy pull, pull it, pulling over 100 kilos off the ground onto her shoulders like with ease and it's like yeah they are just they are next level fit. The people that are at the games. So the people that's the thing as well. I think as you said there, your experience of CrossFit is seeing what you see on Netflix. So you see the CrossFit games. You see the pinnacle of what the sport has become. And you know the day to day what happens in a gym is is very different to that. So,
0: Do you, um, yeah. as you yeah. say, what what so what is CrossFit? Or what does happen in the gym then? So. So CrossFit is
2: technically defined, um, and you know this is what you'll get in the journal definition of constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity. So essentially, it's concurrent training. You know, we we believe in we've I'm talking as if I'm part of a cult. Um, CrossFit believes that being a jack of all trades is better than being like a master of one. So rather than just being very very strong or very very fit, why don't we try and do everything? So we'll you know we'll practice pull ups, push ups, sit ups squats, deadlifts, presses, gymnastic movements, running, rowing, swimming, um, you know, plyometric movements, kettlebell swings and then combine them into workouts of, you know, varying times and nature. So and and then they basically talk about, you know, CrossFit programming needs to be specific in its variants rather than random. So it's not like you just like have a pair of dice and you're like, okay, press press ups uh for three rounds and we'll do it with uh burpees it's like because there's so much to get good at for like a varied athlete mm-hmm. you need to think about your programming in a week and go okay you know like when are we doing strength-based work when are we doing conditioning-based work with our like mixed conditioning what's that going to look like what movement patterns are we doing like and and so this is what a good crossfit gym will do they'll be like okay we need to provide a varied spectrum week to week month to month and kind of semi-periodize this hour of group training whereas a lot of gyms will just be like okay well today we'll do you know five three one back squat and then we'll do this workout for seven minutes and then the next day it'll be something different um i I actually have heard of one crossfit gym where whichever coach works in the morning makes up the workout for that day so they'll just get to write it on the whiteboard and then the whole you know the rest of the classes do that workout I think there's quite a lot that do that and i've
1: seen online yeah yeah
2: so that's quite scary really because you know i'm lucky in that i worked a, a good gym in London. Um, as head coach it was my job to program for the gym so I I did it in that way of trying to periodize you know our strength work and our mm. conditioning work especially depending on what time of year it was um, and the gym I'm at now we actually pay another like company to do our programming so they send out their var- like varied progressive crossfit programming to crossfit gyms Mm. so we'll have like a strength focus a strength side focus and like other things to focus on in like terms of skills and stuff and that will vary every sort of four to six weeks so it kind of follows that like training mesocycle pattern which is good Mm. because that you know that improves your members fitness levels for one improves you know their buy-in and stuff as well and gives them a better service really and the performance i guess yeah exactly yeah so so then to kind of round off the point, CrossFit, it's about doing all that and you know, they believe in high intensity exercise over volume. So in terms of it as a specific um strength and conditioning training program, they believe in just like one hour classes a day, you know, come in, warm up, do a workout and go home. So actually that kind of like modern a uh, view of doing like a strength piece and a workout every day is actually quite far removed from what CrossFit was originally mm. like if you look back at the CrossFit main site which is kind of the home of CrossFit programming since its inception workouts day-to-day might just be a strength-based workout like the workout of the day might have just been back squat five by five or like back squat build to a three rep max yeah. and, and then the next day was row 5k and then the day after that was a five round for time of four different movements because they they were very solely down there intensity is better than volume like why do more at sub intensity when you can do less at higher intensity that's their whole market yeah uh, and that's what we push in that's what your regular CrossFit gym will offer each hour class of a day will be the same thing but then day to day it will be different
0: yeah okay last awesome. um I, mean, I guess it wasn't specifically what we wanted to talk about, because obviously we specifically want to talk about the nutrition bit, but I'm glad we are talking about it, because to be honest, I find it really interesting. Like one of the things that I've always kind of wondered, and actually this came up in um, another nutrition group that I'm in, um, someone posted a picture of a, I don't know if she's an athlete as such, but basically it was a, 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 like an ideal physique, which was a woman on a beach who was in very, very, very good shape. Um and they're like, this is a CrossFit girl, like, and I want to look like her. It was basically the point. And obviously, the debate around because I think the moderators of that group were kind of more of the bodybuilding type of mindset. So mm-hmm. they were like, well, you can get that physique from bodybuilding, you can get it from CrossFit, you kind of do what you kind of like. But and to be fair, it did generate quite a lot of debate about, Well, like, is it better doing CrossFit to get a physique that kind of like I don't know, want to call it the CrossFit physique because I don't think quite I don't know if it is quite that fair or or is it is really that niche to CrossFit, but. Like, I think, I don't know if it's because we tend to see the people in the media online um, in terms of CrossFit athletes. The, is it we just the best, I think, is the point I'm trying to make? Or is it a case of yeah. that CrossFit really is that good and it makes everyone look that good?
2: No, because I think that's the issue that I now have with a lot of my clients who are in the CrossFit space because they see CrossFit athletes who are, like, games athletes, games level athletes who train three to four hours a day mm. um, and actually um, and. not... And when you start training to be competitive in CrossFit, you aren't doing purely CrossFit. You're doing concurrent training, much more volume, much more periodization, and solely to peak for like certain competitions. You're not just doing varied training to be in generically good like shape. Yeah. So, you know, with with the right nutrition and doing it for an, enough time, yeah, people doing CrossFit can get into pretty good shape because it is intense. We do do a lot of functional weightlifting and we do a lot of because our conditioning workouts involve weights as well like that kind of increases the total volume of a workout really doesn't it so it's like it does kind of fit all nicely into an hour package and it also gives someone the accountability and the fact that they can just walk into a gym be told what to do show them what to do safely taking through a great workout do it with a bunch of people that they like you know coming to the gym with Mm. and then go and then go off and do the rest of their day but what, what people let themselves down in is thinking like that everyone will end up looking like a games athlete when they're training very very differently for a different goal and and eating very differently yeah. as well sure sure no it's a bit
1: like thinking if you're going to go to the gym you're going to do an hour and a half of weightlifting you're going to come out looking like Ronnie Coleman yeah um, exactly.
2: or like looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger like after your first year it's just like it's just not yeah. going to
1: happen um,
2: and you know people I'm like I'm not in the in the best of shape but I'm in pretty good shape and I've been doing crossfit for like 6 years and i'm now in a position where because i train for it as a sport i do two sessions a day and one of my sessions is purely resistance based training and it is quite bodybuilding related yeah. and you know there's there's a like functional bodybuilding is kind of like the hashtag that's being tied around a lot now um by basically using isolatory movements to improve your crossfit performance and it's kind of like swings and roundabouts like i was reading the journal the very you know the level 1 journal article in prep for this Uh, Podcast, and just how everything about CrossFit was how you know compound functional movements are better than isolation movements. So why do those when you can do those? But Mm -hmm. I think they just sell that in terms of like if you have only an hour a day, then why don't we do deadlifts and squats rather than doing bicep curls and calf raises? So it's kind of it's kind of like what you would actually say to someone anyway. CrossFit just kind of use that as their like marketing niche
0: yeah I was going to say cause yeah. you, you, you do that in a bodybuilding realm anyway in that yeah. you know the same thing we all know in terms of short on time or you want to get the most bang for your buck you're going to go for those compound lifts to hit as many major muscle groups as you can and it's yes, you know exactly. it's the same reason why they're programmed uh, A exercises on every single program you'll ever do for a bodybuilding program so yeah, yeah like
2: at the top there's oh squat Squats, like main lift. That,
0: yeah. and yeah accessories below it yeah, yeah
2: so yeah but that, that's just what crossfit used as its niche it's like you know we we don't use machines we build them was like a phrase that you'd see on a lot of the old school crossfit t-shirts mm. um i even had one that said that and uh, my <laughs> friends my, my friends at uni did find that very funny back when uh, i
0: started it what what, what, but, what i will say and what i know about crossfit like work ethic for most of them are second to none um But also, like you said, the word "cult" at the start, but and and obviously, I guess there are very much similarities to a cult in some of the aspects of CrossFit. But like the positive aspects of that, in terms of the community it brings, is like again, it's it's something else.
2: Yeah, and it's that accountability of of just having a place to go where people know your name and like they know if you've gone or not, so you can get like you'll get people going to the same class in the in the in the week right you'll get people going at 6am or you get people going at 7am and they all like know who each other are and you know they message each other and they hang out outside of the gym as well and or they hang out after class and have like coffee or whatever before going to work um similar things in the evening and then so like last night for example it was my work christmas due but it was actually the gym's christmas party you know we had like over 100 members there at this venue that we booked out and everyone's there hanging out together and everyone like knows each other and that community i think is what that's that's what draws people into it because it's actually like a place where you can go and meet other like-minded health seeking individuals and yeah. find support support in your fitness goal
0: yeah yeah
1: totally. it's yeah i think we all know especially from our own sort of coaching that group things they they have Better accountability. Quite often, they just they just work well. Like any sort of group coaching you do, it works well just because of that kind of the social interaction, I suppose. Yeah. So it's a bit like slimming world that works well because people get together and well, I'd say it works well. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, but people like it because they have the um, the classes going, meeting up with people, and yeah, that kind of yeah, social it's that, atmosphere. Is that,
0: that like tribe mentality, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. So bring this round to nutrition then. So what's kind of like the the typical nutrition approach for like your average, your average CrossFitter? So I'm kind of thinking like not not necessarily athletes, because I guess that is going to be very different. Like you already touched yeah. on, but um, what's kind of like the I say the typical approach for your average gym pop that just getting into CrossFit?
2: Well, it's 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 hard now because I think because of the increase in the the exposure of the games and the way that a lot of those athletes eat. Um, and sorry to kind of like start on the back end, but it, it definitely has progressed a lot over the last five years, more towards um, flexible dieting and like macro tracking for quite a lot of people because that's become very big in a lot of the top end performers. Mm. But when you sign up for your level one and you get the uh, level one like handbook in the journal, um, it's like the, so there's a CrossFit journal online which basically has like loads of peer review. Well peer-reviewed research it's um it's just cro- like crossfit people writing stuff that they then put in for yeah. peer review essentially yeah. um the level one handout manual says that their crossfit scope on nutrition in like simple definition is to eat meat and vegetables nuts and seeds some starch little fruit and no sugar so they do have a very dogmatic bias against carbohydrates and sugar so you read the level one uh, training guide and they talk about how Um, you know, most of the health consequences of the day are brought about by insulin resistance and hyperinsulinemia, which is brought on by eating too many carbs. So they basically just say outright that if you eat too many carbs, you'll become insulin resistant, you'll gain weight, and you'll get type 2 diabetes. So we need to lower our... And then they basically say about how uh, our carbohydrate content has been has been going up over the you know recent years and that's what's making us all fat Yet, yeah. and they talk about like other countries that eat higher levels of fat than we do and and yet they're mm-hmm. thinner than we are and and it's because fats don't make you fat carbs do and they have that whole scope of yeah like <laughs> it, sh- sugar is the devil kind of thing
0: it's funny isn't it because obviously like i suppose and we we've tackled these this already on the podcast i suppose probably in the multiple occasions to be honest in terms of sugar not being the devil um Carbs not making you insulin resistant or causing you to necessarily have type two diabetes, but um, it's also funny like with 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 like you've already said the, the concept of CrossFit revolving around like high intensity work and then excluding carbohydrates, which we is just yeah. even from even from the stuff Alan's talking about yesterday in terms yeah, of yeah. like basically if you don't include carbohydrates in your diet, you sacrifice performance, which performance yeah. intensity are very much aligned.
2: Well, and 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 their whole argument around it is because they talk about the metabolic pathways, right? So they talk about the CP system and the uh, glycolytic system and the aerobic system, and they say the the aerobic system is anything post, you know, like uh, a minute and a half to uh, upwards or whatever, or three minutes onwards, whatever. Um, so they say that essentially because your typical CrossFit MetCon uh, metabolic conditioning workout is what that stands for, by the way. Um, because we because basically most of them sit in the middle range because you sometimes do really long workouts sometimes do really short workouts most of the time you sit between sort of like eight to 15 minutes Mm. so because most of them are sort of in that like aerobic area but toward the higher intensity aerobic area they talk about fats being your predominant energy source and how if you're a lean crossfit athlete you should be eating more fat levels to maintain your performance and it's like well you're not though are you because let's look at the you know um oxygen exchange ratio isn't it and actually because we're working out at that intensity we're still going to be burning carbohydrates
0: for fuel no matter the fact that it's technically an aerobic workout yeah yeah no that's and that's it that's okay no it's this is quite cool or it's good to bring up because i guess like that's one of the things that i've probably the only thing i know about crossfit diets and that i kind of very much aware around kind of not necessarily a paleo thing, but because I, I know appreciate paleo was quite aligned to CrossFit, but like the whole yeah the whole avoidance of carbohydrates, one of the few things that I was probably actually was aware of. Say so. yeah, well the the paleo diet definitely
2: caught traction with CrossFit, and it, I think it, it's not written in the journal specifically, but it is definitely out there that like. Because we, because uh, CrossFit specified to eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, and to keep towards like the outside of the supermarket aisles, you know, they. So you know, their generic profile there to like eat more meat and vegetables yeah. and to stay towards more healthy foods, fantastic. Like that is something that should be in government guidelines all around the world, right? But the fact that they then have that dogmatic view against you know no sugar, lower your carbohydrates, avoid processed foods, and what they classify that as and then bringing paleo in as well you've then got the paleo crowd against like grains legumes and dairy and and that whole you know sh- you know shit show really yeah, yeah like actually that's not that's not correct is it but that's what most people get into um and actually that you know the most popular nutrition challenge you'll find for crossfit gyms is something called the whole life challenge you'll have to you'll have to google it and it's essentially a paleo challenge like 30 day paleo challenge and and you know they they even specify like if you do it they have different grades of difficulty and on the highest grade of difficulty because it's zero processed foods you know you're not allowed whey protein but you are allowed uh, bcaas and that just tickles me yeah. Um, especially like, again, given like yesterday, Alan's chat yeah, about it's... Being, it's not being processed and how that was just utter nonsense. Um, so, you know, gen pop Crossfitters do get a lot of the whole like, yeah, paleo ish kind of lifestyle. Cause that's what's fed through the mainstream CrossFit media. Mm. Um, but going forward from that, I think now, like I, I think there's more confusion now than there was a few years ago because Because nutrition is, the evidence-based movement is growing and it has kind of hit onto CrossFit with the whole flexible dieting, tracking approach. You know, there was a really big company called um, Working Against Gravity that worked with a few CrossFit Games athletes and basically got their uh, hands in the market that way. That You know, there are more and more people now turning towards tracking macros, counting calories, having more of a flexible approach, but much more toward the kind of, amateur athlete area. Um but because you know a lot of amateur athletes are also coaches, they'll kind of seed that into their gym but not really know how to. So your average gym member doesn't really get a lot of information on nutrition. We don't hold like specific seminars about nutrition. We don't talk about it in classes. We don't bring it into like our intro program. We're just like this is CrossFit and we're exercising. And so I think, like, a lot of Gen Pop people get that mixed message because they see, like, what the athletes are doing, but they don't really know what that means for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, why can this athlete get away with eating 600 grams of carbs a day, but I'm supposed to not eat sugar? Yeah, yeah. That's, like, the kind of dichotomy that uh, I think your regular CrossFit goer uh, struggles with quite a lot, really.
1: Can you be a a CrossFitter and eat, like you know just like a normal human is that allowed or <laughs> it's tough right it's, it's, tough. It's, it's just funny how kind of you know like kind of in the manuals and stuff you have to like change the way you eat just because of the way you exercise and um yeah. it's, just, it's just quite quite funny almost are you, yeah. are you saying they wouldn't let you in the in the gym or in the box
0: if if you said or you didn't like to do some sort of oath i will not eat a crispy cream or Mate, you've
1: seen my videos. I inject sugar into my, into well, my bloodstream, yeah, I know. so uh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be allowed in. <laughs> and, well, this um, is it. It's
2: so funny because, like, I, I would sometimes feel self-conscious if I was eating, like, a bag of popcorn in the gym um, or, like, drinking a can of Diet Coke, even though, like, in the fridge in our reception, you'll see, like, cans of BCAA caffeine drinks and, you know, there's, like, protein bars on the shelves. and But it's, like, it's just... people have that odd perception about what is good and bad don't they and what is healthy and not healthy and that comes from that comes from what's marketed toward them and and crossfit does have that really weird like we want to be like as clean paleo as possible but we still you know they still love like having a cheat every now and then Mm. but it's like it's just yeah i think the paleo side of it does affect the gen pop crossfit crowd a lot because they'll be really weird about like dairy or milk and like really weird around like things like popcorn or like grain food you know yeah. um so no you can't really eat like a normal human being um in a crossfit gym
0: second <laughs> so so you eat like a normal human cold.
1: maybe just do olympic lifting but just don't go to a crossfit gym yeah <laughs> well
0: no you you <laughs> yeah. just you go to the gym you just when you step outside you like creep behind the the dustbins outside like snack on your bag of popcorn quickly when well, no one can see <laughs> Just like just eat, eat, eat my like post workout sweets like yeah. go away <laughs> no it's
2: it's you know it's it's why i enjoyed working in a crossfit gym though now and 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 being part of the evidence-based crowds because it it is very good to have the conversations with people who read things on the journal or they see what crossfit post online and then and then they have those conversations with you about like well you know i thought that bread was bad or i thought that like you know we weren't supposed to eat grains and then then you actually talk to them about where that comes from and 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 why it's even out there and and who it might be applicable for and and then you you know you do have really good conversations with people about it so it's just that just needs to be out there more often i think
1: yeah i get, yeah so, i suppose if you've got crappy coaches in other gyms and other crossfit boxes then and they're not having that conversation they're just going oh, yeah yeah bread's bad yeah because i heard it this one time um then i suppose then people are kind of missing out i suppose because of
2: yeah and you get the double standards from those coaches because they'll be they'll be preaching paleo but they'll not be doing it themselves or you know they'll like be preaching clean eating but they don't really understand why or they'll have like epic cheat meals or whatever and think that that's like okay because most of the time they eat, like chicken rice and broccoli so it's like yeah they pr- they pr- they pretty much have nailed the kind of like 80 20 90 10 split but they're not they're not sure why that works either do you know what i mean they just don't yeah, have the yeah. They don't have the principles around what works, so there's there's very much that whole like it's definitely a it's like that Dave Asprey thing like because bulletproof coffee and Dave Asprey is still quite big in the crossFit movement, like in the whole life challenge, you're not allowed dairy, but you're allowed a bulletproof coffee. I was like, what what is going on? Mm. what, why? So you know people do have that whole thing of like it's the quality that matters over the quantity so someone who comes in and says like well actually it's a quite a fine balance of the combination of both and quantities the more important metric you you do get you do come across a fair bit of resistance really especially at first until you start showing them
0: why that's the case yeah so i mean what, so what do you
1: sort of as a go sorry bro no
0: no if you going to have the i was going to move on to slightly uh, uh, question like
1: that oh right okay i was going to say so do you kind of as a coach do you kind of keep your nutrition um kind of practice and things like that sort of separate from when you're doing the actual CrossFit coaching do you sort of like are you very sort of loud and proud about the fact that you may be kind of like into flexible dieting into more of a macro tracking approach things like that um do you or do you keep that very separate from your sort of CrossFit coaching and how do you keep it at the gym?
2: um well i'm in the gym quite a lot because i train a lot during the day as well and then i use that as like my base of operations for where i work um so really like everyone knows kind of what i do and if they follow me on facebook they'll see like the videos that i post and statuses i share and and that kind of thing so people do definitely get into i don't like bring it into my classes and stuff and i don't like make it a part of classwork or whatever um but if people people do come up and ask me about like what i'm eating and stuff but again it's not like I'm there eating, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think, you know, like I'm not there eating like pop tarts and drinking a whey shake. I'm, I'm there eating like pretty good food, but it, you know, people will ask me that at the gym and it's fine. Cause again, it's just getting out better information. Um, and I yeah. have like, I've got like a free, I have a free Facebook like nutrition advice group as well. And then like quite a lot of the members kind of like want to get involved in there. And so it's just good for you know,
0: they they know who I am if they want to ask me a question, if you know what I mean. I don't, like, bring it into yeah. classes or whatever. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's cool. I, I was just going to say, so, like, you kind of touched on a bit of it already, but so what are kind of, like, the best bits of what CrossFit promotes, say, in their manual or, or kind of the just the stuff that's kind of marketed from them? What, what are kind of the best bits and what are kind of the worst things?
2: I'd say the best bits would be their emphasis on meat and vegetables. Like, those are the first two things they say. They're like, eat meat and vegetables – Nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, but meat and vegetables and then sticking towards the outside, like the perimeter of the supermarket, staying towards more like perishable, like natural, wholesome foods. That's fantastic. And that's like that is something that should be drilled into everyone. So I think even though they have that slightly dogmatic view against like sugar and carbs, Again, actually, if we're talking about generic population CrossFitters, you know, who are just probably wanting to lose a little bit of weight, only doing an hour a day and then going and sitting at a desk, yeah, they probably do need to eat a lot less, you know, like carbs and processed foods than they are doing now. I think it's just that they're better being educated why that's the case, as opposed to just being educated that like carbs are bad Mm. and have and having that kind of like unhealthy relationship with food. Um but I'd say that's definitely the, the best point of CrossFit would be eat meat and vegetables. It's like, yeah, like it's so basic. People just don't want to believe you, isn't it? You know, we know this as coaches. We're trying to just tell people, like, stop eating as much food and eat better quality food. You'll be more full. And they're like, no, 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 it's got to be something else. It's got to be like, it's got to be something else that I've got to do or something else that I'm doing wrong. And it's like, no, you're just eating too much food all oh, right okay so I, I do love that that's their emphasis
1: point yeah, yeah. so maybe we um, just need a bit more reasoning then kind of behind yeah just better co- be-
2: yeah better quality information as why that's the case you know like they say like because they just says that eating too many carbohydrates is what makes us obese insulin resistant and then gives us diabetes like this is the health crisis this is why lauren cadane came up with the paleo diet like that's what they preach and then that's where people turn to for their science-based information whereas actually if they would say you know like we want you to eat better quality food because better quality food has more nutrients lower calories fills you up more proteins more satiety you know more satiating and and it you know it gives all of the actual reasons why these are good things i think they'd get better buy-in from the people reading the journal and also you'd be educating people better on the front end as opposed to just being like just eat this way because we're telling you to
0: yeah yeah. yeah, I guess uh, that that kind of falls in line with a lot of the whole fitness industry in general. Though and that it's just not sexy enough to tell someone exactly the the, the obviously the superb points you've just made around eat a bit better, you will inevitably uh, and obviously better being obviously have a higher quality of food, you will end up eating less, have more micronutrition, you will feel fuller, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's kind of like yeah, but it's not sexy. So, no, so but that's
2: what yeah yeah it's not. It's like that's, but that's also what like eat more, move less is in a nutshell, isn't it? When you educate it around the eat more, it's like eat more, better quality food. (laughs) Yeah. But but you're right. Like people need that kind of like sexy snapshot. And I think, I think CrossFit has their sexy snapshot with the uh, like arguments against sugar. Because, like, if you follow some of their mainstream media on like on the Facebook page, like, they really have at it at Sugar. Like, they've been in, like, a fairly big war with Coca-Cola. Yeah. Like, a very public war against Coca-Cola as well. And, like, like, really trying to, like, use their influence to hammer against them.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, like, even so much so that they, like, and, and this was so controversial, I nearly, like, unfollowed the page. Like, they put up a picture of this, like, old man on his deathbed. And then was basically like, this guy's dying because of sugar. And it was like, whoa, guys, like, come on. I think, I think when you get that far just to, you know, just to as clickbait, isn't it? It's for likes. It's like you're getting into fairly dangerous territory there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's interesting because it's, that kind of ties into some of the stuff Alan was talking about yesterday. So, um, so just to preface it, am I writing CrossFit originated in America? Or have am just made that up?
2: No, yeah. CrossFit originated in America. I think it was like 2001 or 2002. It's like very first inception. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I guess the stuff Alan was talking about yesterday is like the data we got from the USDA food availability stuff. I can't remember exactly where it's from, but um, around, and it's something we've talked about before in terms of kind of like the rate of, rate of obesity in America going up and up and up over the last sort of 50 years, you kind of hit the 2000s and all of a sudden, um, you know, it's, it's peaking. And um, you always see these comparisons. Oh, yeah, it's all sugar. And then when they see the availability and the intake of sugar starts dropping off from 2000, yet yeah, obesity still rises. Now the stuff yeah. that I really liked what Alan showed yesterday, and it kind of fits in with some of the stuff you've already talked around. Was and, and I'll be honest, I actually didn't know this because I've only really seen kind of the data about the sugar um, or sugar consumption dropping. But actually, I think we all know it's excess calories, or you know, the, the evidence-based crowd all know it's excess calories which are causing weight gain, not sugar. But you kind of think, well, actually, where, where are those calories coming from? We just think, ah, oh, it's just coming from everything. But actually, it was kind of went really into detail around kind of, obviously, the, the excess calories mainly coming from fats. Yeah. As I say, it was interesting why I touched on some of the advice that you get given. But even yeah. specifically, it went down to like some of the biggest things coming from not just general dietary fat, but specific like olive oil on salad dressings. We had a, I remember we had a slide out there. He highlighted olive oil and salad dressing being like the biggest thing. So you can just imagine people saying, yeah, I can eat all the fat I like and I'm just going to slosh it all over my greens. And I just thought it was quite interesting.
2: Yeah, you're right there. That was the first time I saw those slides as well. Because when people talk to me about sugar in the CrossFit space, I usually refer them to the Stefan A slide of like, well, here's the here's the consumption of sugar and here's the rate of obesity. So it's clearly something else. Yeah. But yeah, like those slides around fat consumption, I was just like, oh, that's really interesting because, you know, we, we're always saying, well, it's not sugar you're addicted to. It's high palatable foods which are combinations of both you know like donuts pastries blah blah Um, and and it is interesting that because people do have that then ad libitum effect of fats Mm. and that's why things like paleo challenges and whole life challenges they work for people over the first like few days to a week where they look a little bit leaner because all of the water basically Mm. just rushes out of their body but they don't really get anywhere in terms of weight because they're just substituting the calories for fats mm. and and at first they think they feel like really energetic because they're not eating sugar so they feel like you know they've got like more sustainable energy but that's probably just because their food quality is slightly better at the front end mm-hmm. but then further down the line they're doing these high intense workouts they're not eating as much carbohydrates and actually the adherence of the challenge drops off yeah. towards the it, sort of it,
0: like back end i guess they can't hit top gear like they would have been able to when they're eating carbs yeah
2: yeah they just feel they just feel like crap yeah you know and it's like, so for, for people who in the general population CrossFit space, they just need to understand that the, the mod, that their food intake generally needs to be a little bit moderated toward their goal, but carbohydrates need to be their fueler for exercise. And mm. it comes down to then actually, you know, the more important time for your carbs is before training, not really afterwards. And then so depending on your goal, mm. the rest of your day could be like low carb, but that's just in the context of your overall diet.
0: Mm. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because the the whole like um, uh, stigma around sugar and but sp- you, you you always seem to find it's always added sugars, added sugars yeah. in quotes, isn't it? It's added sugars that are, are the problem in diets because we put it in so many foods and you know in your tea, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like, well, actually, it's the added fats that are really kind of pointing out, and obviously this is American data, but I guess it does transpose over to certainly in the Western world anyway. Um, it's added fats that's probably you could if you're going to pick something out that's probably a thing you should be demonizing (laughs) added fats
2: yeah and as you said like things like olive oils and like creams and things Mm. like because people will change from and like like whatever dairy product they're using to then like full fat cream or like full fat butter and like cook everything in butter because and cook everything in coconut oil because they're healthful fats and we should eat as much as we like of them Mm. it's like well well, actually no you shouldn't because they're nine calories a gram and you and and they're not going to touch the sides
0: so yeah it, okay i don't know i don't know if we've done that because around i, I guess because i want to say obviously what was the best bit and what the worst bit what is the <laughs> worst bit what about nutrition yeah yeah
2: it would just be their dogmatic approach against sugar yeah. like it's just it's just it is it is laughably bad like and, and and that's the that's the issue again when you talk about evidence-based information and providing research like they say they talk about the doctors that have done these research studies back in the 80s on um mm-hmm carbohydrate consumption being the cause of metabolic syndrome but then there's no link to that study there's no like link to that paper Mm -hmm. and you're like and you just think to yourself come on guys like if you're updating this journal every year like and and they're doing it in terms of their exercise like progression you know like more movements are being added and the programming's getting you know better because people are learning more about sports science and they're using the data to drive their approach physically but they're not they're not using the data to change their approach nutritionally. They're not advancing on it. Um, and they're not providing good enough data for people to use. They're not providing enough practical information. I think that would be a good thing to say. Like you look at the, the nutrition in the journal, it's like six pages long, three pages about why, you know, low carb is best. And then the next three pages are about how if you want to get really good at perform CrossFit performance, you need to weigh and measure your food and then that goes into the zone diet. So they say, you know, the, the the optimal diet for CrossFit performance is zone. But zone diet, although they specify um, – so, for you know, for those that might not have heard about the zone diet, they specify that the 30-40-30 ratio of protein, carbs to fats is optimal. So 30% of calories from protein, 40% calories from carbs, 30% of fats is optimal for, like, performance and health. But what they don't realize is is that they say that and then they provide – example blocks for people to have so they say you know depending on your size and weight you should have x amount of blocks per meal and a block would be one one block is seven grams of protein nine grams of carb and then three grams of fat so that the calories equal that ratio and then you can have like x amount of blocks per meal so they say for a a very large athletic well-muscled male they suggest having a five block meal five times a day but you add up those calories and I think it comes up to like 2,200 calories. And you're like, you're thinking for a large, well-built, like, okay, let's, let's talk about me. Like I'm 92 kilos. I train for two and a half hours a day. Like there's no way Mm. that I'm going to eat 2200 calories and feel good. And I, and if I do, I am probably going to drop a lot of body fat quite quickly. And then they say, when you've reached a level of leanness that you're happy with to keep your body weight the same and to maintain performance, start doubling your, your fat intake. But it's like, but if I double my fat intake, I've now skewered the ratio that you told me was so good for performance. So
1: so, yeah. so, so now,
2: so, so, so now I'm no longer in the zone, Barry, what am I supposed to do? Like I'm out of that 30, 40, 30 place. So I think they need better practical recommendations for people in like, I think the idea of them saying optimal performance comes from measuring and tracking your foods. I think that, could be a fair statement you know if you looked at like okay we really want to know like what's coming in we really want to know what's going out for like optimal performance metrics but then to like skewer that toward the zone as opposed to talking about calories the importance of protein the importance of carbs it's just like come on guys let's like let's get with the program shall we
1: it is fascinating um i suppose yeah just how i suppose everybody has their own viewpoint and their own kind of Thoughts and, and um, ways of going about things, you know, between different coaches and obviously like different groups. People say different things, but it, it's amazing how kind of like sort of different it is, I suppose. Um, and how kind of you know, it's it's our way or the highway sort of thing. Whereas a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, well that could potentially work." Is there any of that? Is there any? Yeah, that could work, but this is what we thinks optimal, or is it a case of no, no, no? no this is all that works.
2: There, there isn't any of that in the journal it's like this is what works this is how you should eat in in the practical side of things because you do have gyms who are run by their you know their own people um you, you have different messages so there are some as i said about the growth of that like flexible dieting company there are a few of those in the uk now and a few of them pair towards crossfit gyms or like the coaches of the crossfit gyms are the people that created those companies you know there are more people that are doing good nutrition courses providing good information but unfortunately it's just not on the mainstream level
1: so yeah the the journal you mentioned is that just something that coaches read or is that like uh like a handbook for when you sign up for your first class <coughs> so
2: no it's not a handbook that that members get it's uh it's a coach's article okay so it's it's online so anyone in the world could go and look at it um so like the journal itself is an online publication of papers um and by papers they're not really research papers they're like blogs um but the so the thing i'm on about is like the level 1 handbook which is on the journal yeah. so you can download it and that's what you want to read before you take your level 1 as your like study guide and then they basically go through all of that content over the two days of the level 1 and then you take your test at the end of the two days um so that, that's why I'm referring to there in terms of like that's their main nutritional information. And then anything that you look up on the journal, videos and articles and stuff are, are pretty much geared around that content. Yeah. It's all around that kind of bias.
1: Oh, excuse me. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, I just wondered whether it was something that members were reading and that was their, their, their first sort of introduction to nutrition. I was like, well, no wonder everybody's confused. Um, yeah. But yeah.
2: But no, again. So, like, members' intro to nutrition will be completely gym-related. Um, so, like, if if the members themselves want to like educate themselves in terms of potentially doing their own like level one and stuff, which quite a few people do, then they'll come across that information and, and they'll get that lecture about the insulin carb hypothesis, which is what they put their standpoint on. Mm. But as a gym, you know, I know at at, at form. We don't mention any, like, we have a fundamentals course when people join the gym. So it's like a six-session course where we teach them about what CrossFit is. We go through the movements uh, step-by-step so that they feel comfortable coming into classes. But we don't ever once talk about nutrition. In my last gym in CrossFit Thames, fundamentals, it was the same thing. It was, like, six sessions across two weeks. And in each session, we had, like, a topic of conversation at the end of class for, like, five to ten minutes And like, I think two, I think two or three out of the six of those were nutritional based. But again, it was written by, and it was, this was before I did any like nutritional, um, well, well, most of it was before I did any of like my own research and study. It was, it was written by the owner who'd had the same sort of lecture. Do you know what I mean? So it's all about just, you know, the quality of food and Mm. most, mostly toward paleolithic diet and, you know, lowering
0: carbs, eating more vegetables, that kind of thing so I mean what, what what's like the biggest issue then when it comes to any of like the approaches that they then take so we've, got, we've kind of gone to things or we've already talked about a kind of like dogmatic approach but I'm trying to think of something like what could be the most harmful like, in terms of the, like the biggest issue or is there anything that is particularly harmful we think well, actually that's quite fundamentally don't do I don't what I said
2: yeah I'm not I'm not sure that like you ever get to that that stage of it being definitely like definitely don't do that I just think that you know, you look at Cro- CrossFit gym goers, they are probably just as confused as the regular gym population are yeah, sure. in terms of nutrition because yeah. they have that, they have that same, um, access to celebrities, magazines, um, you know, other nutrition companies providing terrible information. Um, so they're, they're just as confused as everyone else, but because we have that slight focus on, um, food quality coming from like the top down, I guess you just have that slight, slightly better nutritional approach, but there, w- there wouldn't be many people that I'd say like definitely don't do that. Mm. I think I think we just breed an entire population of like clean eaters, and we just breed a, we breed a very big population of people who are that's good, that's bad, that's paleo, that's not. Like you know, like we'll do like a fundraiser, and everyone will be baking like paleo brownies and paleo cakes, and I'm just like, stop it, please! Like I want to actually taste nice. Like just
0: just use normal flour. You, you you would you would think with the amount of fat content, some of these things they taste awesome, though.
2: Yeah, but they don't. Because <laughs> a lot of the time they're like gluten free as well, aren't they? So they just don't yeah. even like stick together, and they're just like pasty or like rock hard, and you're just like, oh,
1: yeah. I, just it tastes just tastes like. Guy eat some dirt or something hadn't you yeah yeah it tastes it's like,
2: just as good mm, <laughs> it's, it's so dusty it's nice
1: <laughs> i mean how did how did the cavemen bake them that's the thing like back in the paleo like
2: rolled them together over the fire didn't they until uh,
0: they just like <laughs> kneaded together that's what i think is funny like we, we joked this before i so said like the people that follow paleo so like how, how do they bake this stuff and like how do they drive them in their paleo cars or you know, like, how they tell each other, like, on their paleo mobile phones. Like, I'm sure they didn't have those back in the day, but...
2: Yeah. It's like, where do you draw the line in your, like, paleolithic, like,
1: lifestyle? <laughs> yeah. Just walking around in a loincloth. Loin yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, so it's, it's just one of those things, like, I, d- I don't think there's anything that, like, is. it comes down to a, a definitely don't do it. I just think that we're, we've got a very dogmatic approach against, yeah,
0: yeah I, I think, carbohydrates and stuff. I think to a certain extent, though, like, and I guess maybe it's a little bit where I was kind of coming from or I'm, i could probably understand maybe a lot of the uninformed people about crossfit might think in that because it is so intense and has this big huge community kind of atmosphere um which obviously we've talked about as positive bits but i guess because it could then potentially be so kind of like breed this whole clean eating aspect you talked about i mean cleaning itself has kind of its own detriments in terms of I suppose the research does show that there's kind of more um, occurrences of eating disorders or disordered eating and it's like when people start to kind of have a moral um, high ground on on what food's good and what isn't so yeah. I, I guess that's kind of like what I've always thought is like kind of one of the biggest things uh, if you if you kind of follow that type of approach in the whole thing about how crossfit sometimes feels so uh, like I say paleo zone the, the, like the, the stuff we talked about it kind of feels like oh, I could be promoting a lot of worse habits than or or poor habits than maybe what like like, and i'm not saying it's obviously that isn't completely and far from it i suppose individualized to crossfit is it like you've already said it's in loads of different types of um sports or realms or even just kind of general life i suppose
2: yeah no exactly and and really like on the whole you know they're they're pretty health seeking individuals really so it's like actually a Mm. lot of what what happens and a lot of what goes down is great you know people they get their exercise in doing plenty of weight training if if it's done in a good gym it's reasonably progressive it's and it's reasonably safe um when it's taught well it's not like the most balanced training regime i'd say in terms of like muscle groups and stuff um but again like if you if you teach people about that and try to like have them balance it out then it's still still fine yeah so like nutrition nutrition side on the whole is fine i think you just have that confusion then between people who are at like that games level athlete and then people who are gen pop and it's like okay like why is this guy eating hundreds and hundreds of grams of carbs and then why am i like not able to eat that many carbs is that because they're bad or you know like what's the real reason people just don't they don't have the principles in line in terms of what seco is and how it how it applies to them
0: So, yeah, so CK being calories in, calories out, just for people, yeah, yeah, yeah. people aren't quite, um, understand, um, cool. Okay, so I guess again, this this may be crossover slightly, but obviously, the other question I want to ask is kind of like what are some of the biggest myths? But so, I guess the myths around carbs, etc., recovered, but are there any other kind of big myths or I mean, or any any kind of myths really that kind of come out or, or misunderstandings maybe about CrossFit? about crossfit in terms of like nutrition you mean yeah either either
2: um yeah like that whole kind of you know if you get to a lot of people don't really listen to the zone anymore that whole like as soon as you get to a certain level of leanness you need to like start upping your fat intake to improve performance it's just a bit like nah that doesn't really sound right does it barry so i don't think a lot of people believe that anymore Mm. um i'd say there's a big thing around there is a massive thing about under eating and then like overtraining and then like intensity cortisol and like adrenal fatigue. That's quite big at the minute. Um, and I think that's because of a nutritionist who did a fairly big podcast. Do you guys know, know of barbell shrugs? Yeah. Yeah. So like they, they were on barbell shrugs and they talked about like adrenal fatigue being this massive thing and how like increasing your carbs can lower your cortisol and like dampen your effect of like adrenal fatigue. And I think that has made a lot of, like just regular crossfitters quite worried about the concept of not eating enough food to then like fuel their performance because of the intensity of the performance and the whole like cortisol risk of like that raising and hampering fat loss that kind of thing or like you know being too stressed out that they get adrenal fatigue i think that's that's a fair big buzzword at the moment um which is a shame because it's like again loads of crossfit athletes will just listen to like barbell shrugs or something like that and then they'll instantly get brought into that world of optimizing hormones and that kind of thing
1: yeah it's almost okay. as if the kind of crossfit coaching industry is about three or four years behind the sort of the pt nutrition industry um kind yeah. of you know, the whole adrenal fatigue is coming around now that was a couple of years ago i suppose in nutrition when that was being pushed and that was like a thing um, I suppose it just depends who's shouting the loudest yeah. and what crap can, they're shouting about. Can, can we just yeah. say as well, though? because I don't think either of you said adrenal fatigue doesn't exist for anyone listening. Yeah, no, yeah,
0: Google it because no, no one's actually <laughs> said that isn't, isn't a medical term. It doesn't exist. I so, just don't yeah. want them to think, oh shit, what's adrenal fatigue? <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> stop panicking. I must have that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. I've got adrenal fatigue. Yeah,
2: please, please don't Google adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um cause, because because that's the thing you know like this guy's he's, he's a fairly big nutritionist in the crossfit space he's got quite a few high level crossfit athletes you know he he's got his own company ebook that kind of thing and and then you just think like well actually yeah that's that's misinformation um and it's a shame because then i you know i work with people who are then worried about like undereating, and of course you know i talk to them about we still want to be able to fuel your workouts but if you're eating before your training that should be fine Uh, you know a lot of this will be mentally mitigated anyway Mm -hmm. Um, and as long as you don't like you know we talk to them about the effects of like importance of NEAT and reducing your stress in like other areas and stuff but if people want to believe that like they're under eating and that's why they're not losing weight then they'll believe it Mm. it's like and and unfortunately that I think that is a fairly big one at the minute that's that's probably the most common one I get with a lot of people that I work with I get I get a bit of pushback if their calories are set quite low and yeah, they're um, like, oh no, I'm I, I'm unbeating.
0: I don't I don't think again that's unique to CrossFit at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's still very very common in a lot of the forums and groups that I get involved in. Um, I have not really come across much of my like clients I've worked with to be honest that much. Um, I think most of them don't really have that mindset. In quite a lot of,
1: of groups. Yeah, so a I was lot of, of forms made easier, and, it, and, yeah. and to
0: be honest, a lot of the time it's a lot of coaches as well saying, oh, they seem like they're on low carries, Oh, they need to be on more than that. And I think you do realize they're like a forty kilo woman that works in an office all day she's going to be on about 1200 calories like yeah that that, that's like she trains like once a week and that's walking her dog it's like she's you know it's it's not unusual to have someone like on 1200 calories if they're that small i mean your your example of like using your own thing like a 92 kilo guy who's training that many times a week okay yes they're never going to be on 1200 calories but it's all relative so and and i said that's still so very probably even outside of crossfit i just maybe it's because of again the intensity and the the tribal thing of all about crossfit why it's just a bit more mag- magnified i don't know
2: yeah i think that's what i was going to bring up is the intensity of the the exercise and the, the intensity nature of the exercise i think uh, you know a mishap people get into is how many calories they're actually burning how many calories they need and that whole like you know like eat big lift big mentality again that's that comes from like powerlifters doesn't it mm. That kind of got bred into crossfit as well um like the whole like eat for performance mindset and you kind of think well where do you draw the line right but a lot of people, because of the high-intense nature of CrossFit as an exercise, yeah, they'll overestimate the calories that they're burning, and they'll think that you know they sh- they should be on like more calories because they're doing this high-intensity exercise, and and that games athletes on that many calories, and they look like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I guess if like if you've got body comp goals, that's obviously a-, a poor mentality to have. If you haven't, and you literally purely look at performance, maybe it's not so bad. But
2: yeah and i think that's the that's the fine that's the finest line to strike as a coach as well because you'll i think more because you're in a performance-based like exercise program Mm. because even for people that aren't doing it as a sport like they're bothered obviously about their strength gains and their workout times as they should be which is great like you know fantastic that you're involved in your training mm. but they they want to they want to lose fat but they also want to be stronger and they want to but they want to perform better mm. but they want to look better and you kind of like have to have that conversation of we we can kind of do them at the same time but it'll be slower so mm. it's like do you want to do one and get faster results and then focus on the other or do you want to do some kind of like middle match where we nearly hit the nail on the heads and mm. Mm. but that's just working with clients isn't it yeah. and i think but again that, that kind of information isn't there for our members as a whole, unless there's someone there, like, putting it out there. So I'd just say that, like, I think it would be good for CrossFit gyms in the future to not necessarily, like, pair themselves with evidence-based practitioners, but at least, like, educate themselves in that way and then try and incorporate that into their business model somehow. Because, one, it would make their business better and it would give their clients better results.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think I um, no, absolutely, 100% agree on that. I think like we, we, so. It's like we were talking about before the, the recording started. Like you're going to get this individual variation between boxes or gyms, depending upon just who runs them, and like whether they've done the stuff you just talked about. Yeah. Cool. I um I think we've we've probably hit a good place to kind of. I think. Well, I think we've covered. It. Is there anything else you want to talk about, mate, or in terms specifically on this? There is a bit more. We had we. Had, we've got some special questions, for guess. So it isn't quite finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything more on kind of you want to add for that? No, I've, I think like I've pretty much hit the
2: nail on the head. Um, I've probably mm-hmm. like taken a, like quite a few different areas there. Yeah, no, I'm pretty happy. Cool,
1: Ed. Uh, the only thing I was going to say is um, potentially somebody who wants to get into CrossFit, they may be thinking about it. They've been listening to this and thought, you know what, I really like the kind of the thought of um the kind of the social atmosphere the lifting the the fitness side of it as well uh is there a good place for somebody to go and find a good crossfit gym and not one that's kind of maybe like your local gym that does a bit of a, a aerobics class type thing um in the sports hall
2: yeah so because crossfit is an
1: affiliation
2: program They, you know, you have to pay CrossFit to use the name specifically. Um, So if you want to find one that's like actually affiliated, then there is an affiliate map that you can Google search. Um, It's like affiliate. I think it's like map.affiliate.crossfit.com or something like that. Um, And you can, you know, type in your area code and it will show you all the CrossFit gyms within a certain mile radius of where you are after that it would be about checking out their website and looking at how like good their content is is and, and you know how like professional they look because now CrossFit gyms have evolved from this kind of like, you know, box warehouse, you know, not your average gym mentality to being professional, very like well kitted out, nice looking strength and conditioning facilities with quality coaches. So you can quickly tell those apart. Um, and then most CrossFit gyms, like my CrossFit gym, offers a free taster session. So you're better off choosing a few around your area and going to the taster sessions of each one. And then, you know, looking at, like, how the taster session is put together, you know, how attentive is the coach to who you are and, like, what your goals are? Like, how how well is that taster session put together for beginners? What's their onboarding program like? Do they have fundamentals or do they just bring you straight in? Um, you know, what's their membership base? What's their demographic? and and then you've got to look at it in practical terms of how close it is to you as well you know if we're going to think about like practical advice for like someone who we, we'd be coaching it's like well how close is it to your home or work so how likely you're actually going to go because but i'd say check them out and do the taster sessions or try and like do a free class because then at least you then get a first-hand experience of what it would actually be like training there
1: It's quality um and just to reiterate, do people need to completely change the way they eat if they're already kind of eating relatively healthy, if they want to start doing CrossFit?
2: No, no, not at all. I'd say that like, yeah, again, it's like just don't just don't lower your carbs just because of like a paleo is it tells you to because actually if you go from, I guess, just doing bodybuilding work to then doing CrossFit, your carbohydrate needs might actually increase like uh, relative to your energy
1: and needs. So, you know, that's all I'd say. Quality. That's really good info. Yeah,
0: cool. No, it's really good. In fact, I really enjoyed it because like I said I didn't know a huge amount, and i there's a lot of aspects of CrossFit like I'm really intrigued by. I just think I'm too damn ass lazy to do it. So You got to do cardio as part of it. I know. Though. I know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I, some some of the cardio stuff that I've done, like it's it makes you not fear like other cardio. Like when you, <laughs> when you start really training for it, like I I once had to do an hour on the rowing machine at like. At, at like a test pace as well so it was like row for an hour and get as many meters as you can yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah that wasn't a fun
1: day i can think of many many other things i'd rather do i think <laughs> yeah it's definitely you to have it not a screw loose but you've got to have a different mindset i think yeah. uh, I, massively i
0: think you do yeah like I, I, i'll applaud any like true crossfit goer like i'll applaud them because like their work ethic is set to none like, and yeah. I, I, that's why I won't go because I just don't have that <laughs> I yeah. really don't. I, like, if only I was strong because I'd be more more inclined to like uh, powerlifting <laughs> just yeah. do one rep and walk away for four minutes <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> out powerlifting of the
2: Strength. <laughs> or, powerlifting or weightlifting yeah you find a lot of crossfitters that like actually enjoy the weightlifting aspect just go into doing weightlifting because yeah. they're like I just, they just can't be bothered to get
0: tired anymore yeah I think I'll find myself there in a couple of years I'm yeah. getting to that stage now yeah I think that's that's where I started that's probably where I'll end yeah. Um, cool, well thank you mate. Um, like I say, we do like to ask a, a few non-nutrition related qu- questions just to make it a bit more interesting. So um, obviously I haven't given you any time or anything you notice of this, so you, hopefully you haven't prepped anything. You wouldn't know. No. That make, no. makes the answers funnier. Um, what's, uh, to be fair, we'll lead you in. So what's like your favorite flexible food? So by flexible I mean obviously junk.
2: Yeah. Pick and mix, pick and mix. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Something's I'm, I'm a like massive, pi- yeah, I'm a massive pick and mix fan. As you were saying it, I was trying to think of something that I had quite regularly because that makes a better answer. Um, and it, and it will be like on, a, like I'm a, I do enjoy going to a cinema and 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 chowing down the pick and mix. But I'll always try and you know make it fit either within that day or the days around it. Um, and yeah, like because other than that, like I'd love to. I love having like a pizza every now and then, but I could literally count the amount of times I've had a pizza in the last six months on one hand, you know. So I'd say like pick and mix is definitely what It's definitely there for me. A
0: specific pick mix, or
2: I'm much more about like gummy sweets than chocolate. Okay. So like and and fizzy gummy sweets. So like you know like fizzy cola bottles. And they have them in like cherry cola, yeah, normal
0: yeah. cola, bubble is, gum cola. Is that because you're so like anti-fat that like you gotta have kind of like just literally the pure glucose ones? I'm am just pure sugar now. Yeah. yeah, I think like I think I set my fat levels at the
2: minimum. Like I'm kind of like the most anti-crossfit there <laughs> is. <laughs> That's
0: probably not a bad place to be. It's you know unique, <laughs> different, <laughs> um, cool. Okay, uh, what's kind of what is. Well, I don't know, maybe this this might be a really hard question to answer, actually. But like, what has made you laugh the hardest in your entire life? So, what's the funniest thing you can you can think of? Now, it can be a joke, it can be uh, a memory, or just you know, like something that happened. Or if you, you can take a, you can take a second, don't worry. I'll just wrap, he already I'll knows.
1: Just... He knows exactly no. what he's going to say. I can. Start no, I, I actually out. don't. No, I was something horrific, to think... and that's why he's not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard one because you could either come out here
0: really boring. <laughs> or it could be well, this like, episode of yeah, the Simpsons or, 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 really made me chuckle Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah or, yeah, or no, you could just be really embarrassed because it could be really funny so yeah okay
2: i'm gonna go for one that makes me like really really laugh now because it is like the most embarrassed it's one of the most embarrassing things probably has ever happened so i was um i lived in london for so i live in leeds now but i lived in london uh, for three years and uh, one day i was just like literally just walk into the tube reasonably like hungover going to work whatever and uh just you know went to do like a little beer fart and uh, just followed through completely <laughs> and I was there at the tube station and I was like ah well i need to go back home and get changed so i literally just had to turn around i was on the phone to my mate as well as it happened so i think that's why it's like a particularly funny memory now for both of us because now like whenever he gets pissed he's just like oh you know do you remember that time and he'll tell everyone about it that we i've never met
1: and uh just looking back now like every time i think about that story it just makes me laugh (laughs) did you tell him at the time oh, just hang on a moment i think i've just shit yeah no i've just shit myself
2: yeah i was walking i was walking like with my earphones in like this and i went oh my god and he's like what and he's like i think i've just shit myself and he's like are you joking And i was like no i've actually just i've actually just pooed my pants i need to go home <laughs> so, uh, yeah
0: there you go cool um a uh, couple more couple more, because I'm, I'm gonna bring up the penultimate one but um what household chore do you dislike the most let's find out which what you don't like doing um
2: dusting i just never do it so like i rare like i'm not a messy guy i'm quite a tidy guy but i don't like clean very often so it'll be very like once in a while that i'll get the hoover out but if i get the hoover out that's kind of like as far as it goes (laughs) and then and then, then I'll, like, look around the room and be like, oh, my God, this is, like, so dusty. There's <laughs> <laughs> so much dust on, like, my, like the surfaces in the corners of the lounge. And I'm just like, oh, fucking hell. So, like, I think I moved in here, like, a year ago. And I dusted for, for the first time a few months ago. And I was like, ooh, this, this needed to be done a
0: while ago. So, yeah, that's probably my least favorite. Right, you You'd have to answer this. This isn't actually a question, but are you single? I am now. You are now. Is it because your house is too dusty? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so just don't. Even I just don't invite him on back because. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, I've 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 gotten better at it recently, but I'd say like out of all the things, that's like the lowest on my priorities.
0: It's the like the last thing I think of. Yeah, I'm not at like, washing the car. Like, I, when I do it, I do a good job, but it takes me about once a year to do it. Oh, well, yeah, I didn't, even, I
2: didn't even consider doing that. I've right. not washed my car since I bought it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, right, favourite burger joint? This is obviously my uh,
2: Favourite burger joint? Yeah. So are we, are we talking, like, fast food burger or, like, actual, like, any burger I could go to?
0: What, what would be the... Only, if you could only go to one place again, where would it be? Red Street Barbecue. Okay, not bad. Have you been? Yeah, well, I've been to one in Birmingham on Broad Street. Oh, okay yeah yeah. Um I'd appreciate there's a few us in like Sheffield and
2: Yeah, it originated here in Leeds. Oh, did. So it? like yeah, so like the what would you call it? Like flagship store I yeah. guess. Flag is in yeah, Leeds. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just love barbecue food. I but I, I think if I went there every day though uh, or like if that was the only place I could ever go it would get a bit
0: boring. Yeah, I think when I went I had I had one with uh, it wasn't even that fancy but I had one with because um, obviously they're quite well known for like the um fancy like stuff isn't it, as well. But I know the barbecue food is like, really good. But they have they have the odd little like fancy donut burger or something. Then every now and then. Um,
1: yeah.
0: But I, I think it's have well burnt ends on it. I think it was it was good. It's good. Like what if, the, the sauces are good. they of on the supermarkets, don't they? The, the, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Anyway, sides. Yeah. yeah um, cool. Okay. There's, there's better around. So, but it's not a bad answer. So not, <laughs> I'm not judging. Don't worry. Oh yeah, sure. But I am. Name dropped. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Okay, last question, and just you, you might just need to pay a bit of attention because it's a bit of a mouthful. So, would um, would you rather be attacked? So yes, attacked by a uh, hundred duck-sized horses, or one horse-sized duck?
2: So the reason I'm laughing is that
0: I heard you ask this oh, question. So you and,
2: and, and no no my friend my friend and i had this exact conversation like last weekend good and we were we were actually turning it around as many times as we could we ended up talking about like bull-sized ducks or like <laughs> duck-sized bulls and i was like could you imagine duck-sized bulls, bulls yeah. that'd be so bad be, yeah. so i think i decided that rather than a rather than a hundred duck-sized horses i would much rather fight one
0: horse-sized duck that's the that's the option right yeah one horse-sized duck. Oh, every day of the week. See, that's funny because I think you're the only person that said that, other than me. Why Not... would you want to fight a hundred like little ones that are like as bu- as like built as horses? Exactly though exactly what I say. It's Exactly what I say. It's like you've been listening to the podcast, mate.
2: <laughs> I do listen occasionally. I do listen occasionally, mate. but no, I, I, I agreed with you with that point. It's like I yeah. don't know why you fight a hundred of them because even though they're duck-sized, like ducks aren't small, are they? No, they're no. still like they're still like up to your knee. Or, or like mid-shin, but like still pretty sizable. <laughs> oh,
0: that's, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, I'm glad you agreed with me, but now I feel like we've gone out on a, a poor answer. Um, we, actually, let's... let's did, did you, right, be honest, did you listen to... Oh, no. Ed, what was the one with Johnny's... Where, where you asked Johnny... Oh, actually, no, I'll just ask you it then, actually, because I basically I didn't want to give away the question. But I'm trying to think what episode it was on, but never mind. I'll just to ask. I have you. no idea what you're going on. Yeah, about. I know, I know. I'm just <laughs> um, what's the funniest thing or the weirdest thing you've ever found at someone else's house?
2: That's such a good question. Um, the weirdest thing I've ever found at someone else's house?
0: I'm trying to think now. Maybe i haven't found anything weird.
2: So. There, I, I think like the only like the only thing i could probably think of that's like just come into my mind is that like i was at my mate's house and then in his parents room which i'd gone into just to use like the other bathroom and then like on the on the side was uh like a sex board game <laughs> okay and and it was called 50 shades of play oh, nice. <laughs> and i was like ah uh, that's uh, just yeah,
1: just googling this now yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you are probably the only mate no no but, um, hands are up, hands are up.
0: <laughs> yeah that's like that's the <laughs> thing i'd probably say comes to mind the most yeah but i don't know why i always seem to come down to sex toys it's like i don't know i suppose maybe that's what you think of in someone else's house yeah when you were like
2: weird or funny i was like ah, uh, what yeah i'll think on that though I'll see if anything pops up I'll, I'll let you know
0: yeah thank you all right cool well um <laughs> i'll be honest mate i said genuinely really enjoyed it so thank you ever so much for coming on do you want to shout shout out your um if you want to plug socials um obviously like your nutrition group yeah so like um so my nutrition
2: page is called next step nutrition um and i've got a free group called next step knowledge which is on facebook Uh, i'm not as active as there as i'd like to be but as i'm cutting out my crossfit coaching completely it's going to buy me back a lot more hours to provide content and education um so that's like solely where those hours are going to go um so people can check that out i've got a website and a blog as well which will get more content on it um and so that's you know best place to find me as well on instagram at next step nutrition or at johnny landles um and then if people do want to try crossfit and they're in Leeds, then they should come to form leads form strength and conditioning because uh although I won't be there in January as a coach, it is like the best gym in Leeds. And uh, so people should come check it out.
0: Cool. I should definitely check out your, um, obviously like your Instagram, because obviously a lot of the, because you've been in loads of infographics and stuff of late, haven't you? And, uh, yes. They've, they've been really, really good. So people should definitely check those out. Oh, thanks mate. Thank you. Cool. Ed?
1: So again, you broke up. I said, Ed? Okay. Oh oh right i've got one more question actually sorry um oh, one, that, one of the normal ones that we missed off uh, what's the best piece of advice in general that you've ever been given
2: the best piece of advice i've ever been given Yeah, yeah, that's,
1: yeah. that's a yeah, big, big question it's a big question I've but ever been given. we've got some really great answers yeah but just it doesn't just, have to be nutrition related. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be yeah no
2: it, it wasn't going to be nutrition related i was like as cheesy as it is right and as a corny as it is it was it was probably like the advice I got from my like from my mum when I was choosing a levels when she was like and and again as corny as it sounds when she just just turned to me and said you can do like what what you want to do now like you can do whatever you want to do like if you want to do this then you can you just need to like work hard at it and um you know my um my my father passed away when i was 16 so like it was kind of like a big sort of turning point in my decision making around like my dad owned his own business as well and did what he enjoyed doing and he was clearly happy with his work like he was living his life like so it's like that that bit of advice at that time point for me was very much like what's led me to be a self-driven like entrepreneur almost it's like you can do whatever you want to put your mind to really you just need to have the balls to do it and the drive to do it, yeah. and that and that has led me to a life of like trying to find what I'm passionate about and doing it, no
0: matter like what the costs are. Almost sure. No, that's, yeah, good that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no that is no, why it's... I asked the question. <laughs> cool. No, I'm glad you did, mate. I'm glad you did because to be honest, yeah, I hadn't, I, I had forgotten about it. So, cool. Well, we'll we'll stick all your stuff in the show notes. So obviously your links to your your uh, socials and stuff. Um, oh, yeah, yeah and thank you again, mate. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thanks, boys. Thanks for, thanks for having me on.
1: No, no worries. Really enjoyed it. it. Thank you. All right, Ed, press that button. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.